Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, animate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Associate Editor Brielle Jekyll, and we are getting into driver safety this week with a technology provider that works in logistics and trucking to help modernize safety on the road. Wondering how the trucking industry handles distracted driving, defensive driving, and speeding? Well, we'll find out today. So let's link into that conversation now. I'm here with Charlie Moan, who is the Director of Product Innovation at Driveways. I'm so sorry, did I pronounce your name right? (laughs) You got it right. (laughs) Oh, great. Um, And so today we are talking about driver safety in the transportation sector because it is our transportation month on the podcast. So hi, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on. Doing well. Thanks for having me. So I guess we'll just jump right into it. And um, I wanted to ask you, what are some ways that you feel driver safety has changed in the last few years? Yeah, great question. So yeah, in the trucking industry, you know, I think um, there's definitely uh, a lot of focus on safety, um, both in terms of, um, you know, the human resources aspect of it, just in terms of how um, carriers and trucking companies are managing drivers and driver safety. So just a lot a lot of investment and focus on coaching programs. Um, I think coaching programs, you know, have really um, evolved and become really kind of standard in, uh, across uh, the industry. Um, and I'd say also on the technology side, there's there's been a lot of new technologies um, that are, have been brought to market, all, all to, uh, to you know to reduce accidents and collisions. You know, from you know video, uh, you know dash cams being a, probably one of the bigger ones, but also a lot of onboard. Uh, you know, safety systems. Um, and then the other big thing is the ELD mandate has has made it kind of um, a new game and the fact that every truck has to have electronic logging and that's created opportunities um, for companies like like DriveWise, uh, frankly, to, to provide uh, services uh, to drivers because they have to have a screen uh, device in their cab running at all times. So um, you know, in terms of what DriveWise does, we provide, you know, in-cab safety notifications to, to truck drivers. And if we didn't have, a, you know, an ELD system to go through, um, that technology would not really be, be widely possible. So, um, you know, I think the other thing, too, just in terms of, you know, the industry itself is um, the demographics are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, the demog- you know, the average age for a truck driver is, uh, for an over-the-road uh, truck driver is now 49. That's increasingly gone down over the last you know five ten years so you know you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot more new drivers um a more diverse uh, set of drivers which uh you know introduces more uh requirements for you know for safety programs training programs uh you know for for that that younger uh newer driver and so i uh, really you got to kind of attack it from all angles in terms of you know both training um, you know, proactively, but also, you know, coaching and guiding while they're in the truck. Right. And I've heard in the past that um, uh, the electronic logging devices have been kind of a controversial topic because 
you know, people are, are counting, you know, the, the time you're waiting in the truck and traffic and waiting to load and, and that all adds up and then you can't, you know, do your job all the way because these times add up. Do you feel yeah. like that's gotten better post COVID since we've kind of all flocked to new technology, like maybe, or has it gotten worse? I, you know, I think if you ask the average driver, I'd say that it's gotten worse in some ways because, you know, the uh, traffic is, you know, uh, dur during COVID has definitely uh, gone down. So it's, it might be easier to to get to your destination. But, um, you know, as, as traffic has kind of risen back up to, to you know, average, uh, you know, average wait times, um, it's hard for truckers to find parking at night. It's hard for them to, uh, you know, fit within their hours of service requirements, you know, and get to their destination. So, um, you know, I, I know parking is a big thing that we hear about uh, quite frequently and, and, and drivers having to, uh, you know, pull over for their, their rest breaks um, or find a place to stop, you know, uh, you know, at night. Uh, it's, it's hard to find a safe place to park. So I think in, in some ways, um, you know, the hours of service requirements, um, you know, for the average driver uh, are kind of a, a, you know, kind of a pain point. But, you know, I, there's definitely, um, there's definitely benefits as well in terms of, um, you know, keeping fatigue drivers uh, right. off the road. So, because I think that's the most important, not the most important, but it's one of the most important parts of driver safety is making sure that they're not, yeah, fatigued and driving. That's right. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I mean, drivers, uh, drivers are, you know, at the mercy in some, in some cases, depending on the fleet size, at the mercy of, you know, their, their uh, dispatchers and, uh, you know, the loads that they're trying to carry, they're trying to, you know, be there on time. So you've got this demand to, to you know, increasing demand as, it, you know, we, we see delivery times, uh, you know, expectations shrink and shrink, right? The kind of the Amazon effect. Um, and, and, you know, so there's, there's no, there's no uh, loosening on like how fast you need to get the load there. Um, you know, but, but at the same time, the uh, ELD requirements, you know, kind of, you know, force you to, to be safe as you go. So, yeah, and fatigue is a big issue. Um, you know, I think we've seen good positive trends towards, um, uh, you know, fatigue not being as much of a factor um, in, in overall kind of accidents. But, um, you know, but at the same time, I think a lot of that is trucking companies are adopting, uh, adapting to the, the new standards by kind of rethinking how they uh, lay out their, their routes. So you see a lot more drivers who are, um, you know, doing kind of day routes, um, doing shuttles uh, versus, you know, driving cross country and, you know, and uh, pushing into the limit. So since there are some time constraints, are, are, is the industry concerned with like speeding and things like that? Like how do, how do they handle mm -hmm. that? Great question. Yeah. So definitely, you know, if you look at the top, top reason for, for uh, collisions is speeding. Um, and, you know, the fleets that, that we work with our customers, um, you know, definitely want to manage uh, and reduce uh, speeding uh, across their, their, their driver base. So they, there's, you know, definitely the, the carriers that are safety minded, not every carrier is the same, but the ones that are definitely, uh, you know, safety minded um, have expectations that drivers are, are following the speed limits. Um, one of the one of the features that we have in our our solution is providing uh, what we call safety alerts. So in areas where drivers are most at risk of uh, getting citations, we we provide drivers an in cab alert, you know, reminding them to to follow the limit. Uh, and we're seeing a we're seeing that. Uh, so instead of it being kind of a retroactive coaching thing, we're proactively telling drivers to slow down and make sure they're they're following the limit. Uh, and we're seeing 
that actually work. We're, it's translating to a 27% reduction in speeding incidents in these areas where we've where we're loading drivers. You know, and ultimately 27% reduction in speeding incidents translates to fewer citations and you know ultimately fewer accidents. So um, yes, it, it's you know speeding is. Uh, um, you know, I think it really depends on what kind of road you're on and how fast you're going. It can have a, a much different effect, but uh, you see, uh, you know, speeding on highways um, being a, a huge cause for, for major accidents and, and especially fatal accidents on highways. I was thinking of speeding because of the time constraints and, you know, you, you're, you, you want to get that deadline. Um, right. But then what about distracted driving? I mean, you're on the road for so long. Yeah, yeah, good question. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, I think in, in trucking, you know, distracted driving also, I think it's, if I remember correctly, I think it's number two or three in terms of, you know, cause for, oh, wow. uh, cause for accidents. So it, it's, it's up there, uh, but it's just like any driver. I think you, it's pretty easy to get distracted by something. Um, but, you know, but trucking, trucking industry takes it pretty seriously. There's, um, I mean, there's a, a massive fine uh, to both the driver and carrier if, uh, if there's a violation, I think it's $11,000 fine to the carrier if the driver's um, uh, in a, you know, in, in a, a collision or in a, uh, gets cited for um, distracted driving. So carriers really have to be proactive about that. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the, the different ways that a driver can get distracted. So, um, you know, with the electronic logging device, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of one more thing to potentially get distracted by. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of truckers have three or four different devices kind of up and running at the same time, you know, one for their ELD, one for their navigation, maybe they have Google Maps up or Waze, and then they also have the company issued navigation system. So, um, you know, I think the, really the, what we've seen from studies is, you know, the, the fewer devices you have to get distracted by the, the safer you're going to be. So, you know, for us, our like our applications run right on the ELD device, so it's not another you know piece of hardware that the mm -hmm. driver has to look at. It's something that um, you know is is really kind of embedded into the one device they have to have. Um, you know, I think the other thing is just you know as a software uh, provider for driver uh, drivers, you have to really think about um, how you get their attention. Uh, so in, in our case, we're providing in cab safety alerts or alerts as they're approaching way stations uh, so they can bypass way stations. You know, you got to do it in a real simple way that uh, and the way we approach it is making it look like a road sign. So it's um, really simple text. Uh, there's a chime, you get the driver's attention. They don't have to touch anything on the screen. Uh, you know, it's it basically just alerts them. They can continue driving. They don't have to interact with anything. Um, and so uh, there's, you know, with more and more applications being layered on, it's, uh, it's important that uh, you know, the, that the industry uh, continues to work towards that uh, kind of no touch model as much as possible. I know that a lot of the times dash cams are used to monitor safety issues. And I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. as much as like the driver on the road, but how important do you feel that dash cams are in the industry right now? They have definitely hit the mainstream, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, you now we see you know, in, in the industry, I guess it's like any other, you know, industry, you see kind of the early adopters, um, often the ones who have, you know, lar are larger fleets and, and really invested in, in safety programs being the first ones out there. So, you know, 10 years ago, when when the first uh, dash cams came out, um, you know, they were, they were expensive and um, provided, you know, tons of value. But over the last 10 years, 
you see more and more fleets um, adopting them and, and adding them to solutions that they already have. So not replacing a, you know, a telematics solution, not replacing other technologies, but um, adding, uh, you know, additional value. So, you know, if you look at Dash, and, and you know, we partner with really all of the major telematics companies uh, and, and, and many of them have their, their own kind of dash cam solutions. So, um, you know, looking at what they provide, um, you know, it's, um, you know, there's options for driver facing cameras um, or, you know, two way cameras or just road facing cameras. Um, you know, and I think, you know, with the, the driver facing camera, you, you get this benefit of potentially monitoring for driver fatigue or distracted driving and being able to, you know, coach on those events and identify the kind of those risky uh, activities on the, on the flip side, you know, that's um, drivers don't love a camera, you know, <laughs> staring at them. So I was um, going to ask what, what does the industry do about privacy concerns? With so, I, so I think it really comes down you know, carry, I think it really kind of comes down to the carriers um, operations and, and, you know, what types of roads they're driving. Um, I wish I could give you numbers, but I don't have them, but I, you know, I think, for I think most of the cameras that are adopted out there are the ones that are really just facing the road mm -hmm. and um, providing um, you know really that um, you know that proof of, of what the driver is doing when it comes to an accident making sure that they can be defended you know innocent drivers can be defended in, in you know insurance claims or in court um, that's the biggest thing that we hear you know being the value there the so I my guess is that the majority of carriers are using just that that kind of road facing camera, but but increasingly you do see uh, kind of the, the two way cameras and um, you know I think with anything with safety and compliance drivers um, at first feel a little um, <laughs> uh, you know a little like their their uh, privacy is being in, in, invaded. I think when they realize the benefits though, um, you know especially in the case of you know, dash cams work can exonerate them from, you know, from a, a major, uh, you know, from getting fired or, you know, from having, you know, a major citation, um, they understand the benefits and, you know, and, and adopt it as well. How, how does these companies handle training for like defensive driving? Because, you know, obviously you, they can handle what their own person is doing, but then yep. you have other drivers on the road and you have right. a giant truck where you can't, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously technology has helped quite a bit um, in yeah. the truck itself, but you know, how do they handle that? Yeah. So, you know, again, there, there's, there's training and technology that, that could come into play there. So, um, you know, the, the training aspect definitely, I mean, I'm not a driver myself, but I cannot imagine um, you know, carrying a, a big rig down the road and having, you know, all these cars flying by you and um, dealing with all these distractions. Um, so, you know, kudos to, <laughs> to all the drivers out there. Uh, but there, you know, I think, um, you know, beyond training, uh, you know, you look at technology and there's uh, systems that are like lane departure systems um, and, and actually a lot of the dash cams and, and other collision avoidance systems that are, you know, built into uh, built into the, you know, the trucks themselves or added, you know, on aftermarket um, that help detect uh, what other, um, you know, help detect if the driver's uh, too close to the car in front of them and provides, a, you know, an audible alert to get him to slow down, um, you know, or, or just automatically slows the vehicle down to make sure that he's got enough space between them. So you see those technologies um, getting, you know, picked up more and more, still not, you know, highly pervasive, I'd say, but, uh, you know, you definitely see more and more trucks, um, 
equipped with uh, with that sort of equipment. For drive-wise, one of the things we do is, um, you know, is uh, we just just launched this last week, so it's good timing. But we're uh, working with um, we're working with state agencies to provide uh, traffic uh, alerts and what we call dangerous slowdown alerts. So we're we're monitoring uh, real-time traffic data, uh, and we're starting in North Carolina, uh, but we're monitoring real-time traffic data and looking for areas where the the, the prevailing speed drops. Uh, quite a bit uh, to the point where a, a driver would have to, you know, really slam his brakes. Um, so the goal is to get, get them to slow down ahead of traffic and uh, avoid a, a big pileup. Um, and, you know, and, and it takes the driver a lot longer uh, to slow down a big rig versus, a, a you know, a, a, you know, your, your average passenger car. So, um, so we're really excited about that because we think that that's going to help drivers. Um, you know, it's not just about the training, but it's just about awareness too about what's happening on the road. And sometimes, yeah, you you can you can be fully prepared to slow down, but if you know traffic's going from sixty to zero uh, in the matter of seconds, there's only so much you can do. Right. So, so where do you think the future lies? You know, far down the road. Yeah, great question. So, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges uh, is is around this just the, this proliferation of, of technology, um, and all these different you know tools that that carriers have to to use to figure out how do they you know create a program. Um, I think I don't think the number of tools is going to go away. So I think it's really around you know I think I think there's going to be a major investment in trying to figure out how to pull all this data together. Um, and, and use AI, machine learning, to, um, to look at, you know, historical data and, um, and you know, and, and like a lot of the driver coaching programs that are out there today are, uh, you know, very much historical looking, but those are going to become much more intelligent looking at kind of real-time patterns to provide coaching opportunities, both kind of, you know, back office, but also in cab. Um, so the, I think coaching is really going to go, you know, go in a, in a whole new direction. Um, but there's still that management element with coaching. There's still kind of this requirement that, you know, a, a manager is talking to a driver um, or there's, there's some, you know, kind of communication around, um, you know, how, how you improve your behavior. Uh, I think more and more that's going to be replaced just by kind of automated, <laughs> uh, you know, intelligence. Um, and, and I do think, you know, all of the safety systems that are on trucks um, are going to get smarter. Uh, the, the safety systems that we see in cars um, are starting to get implemented in trucks as well. All, you know, collision avoidance, uh, you know, et cetera. It, it's just become standard. So, you know, I think in the next five to 10 years, you'll see, you know, you'll see trucks that aren't fully automated, uh, like the self-driving cars. But I think you will see um, heavily assisted, uh, you know, trucks that take a lot of the, the, the you know, a lot of the, the, Kind of safety thinking out of the the driver's hands and just become kind of safer on their own. Yeah, I had a podcast a few weeks ago with uh, an autonomous trucking company, and they said that they're actually working on developing a level four, which would be you know the bat, you know last mile and like getting onto the highway, and then once they're on the highway, they would yeah. you know. So it's exactly really interesting. Yeah, we're, it is interesting, and we're working with a couple of, of the uh, autonomous. Uh, you know, trucking companies, um, you know, part of our business is providing um, state agencies with, uh, with, you know, software to inspect uh, commercial vehicles uh, roadside and provide bypasses to the safe vehicles. So 
if you, if you uh, the, the big question is how do you inspect a autonomous vehicle? Um, you know, and, and today you pull into a, a way station and as a driver, you have to go through an inspection process. Well, if you're autonomous, what, what happens? So um, that's pretty cool. I think we're, you know, there's, there's definitely uh, an understanding acknowledgement that autonomous vehicles are coming and um, being able to kind of intelligently uh, you know, monitor those autonomous vehicles so that the roads are safe is uh, is definitely going to be another. It's going to be a big, uh, big requirement for the industry to adapt to. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, that's all the time I have for today. But thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by a food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode.